Well, praise the Lord. Once again, Pastor Jerry coming to you wherever you're at. We're always honored and privileged to uh, bring you the Word of God. I'm just blessed to have folks uh, connecting with us. Praise the Lord. Some of you are just uh, hooking up with our podcast and just listening in. Praise God. Some of you are watching by... uh, uh, you know, Vimeo or Roku or somewhere on, you know, on the internet. We're just uh, always grateful to connect with you, praise God. Our heart is to hear from you, though. Our heart is to uh, hear from you as far as maybe a testimony, maybe a prayer request that we can connect with you and join our faith with yours, praise God. Uh, but either way, we just love to hear from you. So let us, uh, let us know how we're doing, praise God. Connect with us, praise the Lord. So with that today, um, I'm just going to go back into where we've been doing or what we have been doing on our Sunday services as we've been uh, ministering out of John chapter 10. I'm going to go there again today. Uh, When we first started on this several weeks back, I had no idea this was going to be a a kind of a series deal, but it kind of worked into that. So again, John 10 and verse 10, Jesus talking, he says, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Praise God. And as we've been talking, praise God, there's a difference between the enemy and, and our God. Amen. God's good. Devil's bad. I mean, that's just the way it is. And it's uh, really, to me, it's pretty simple. Uh, but a lot of times it's something that gets confused. And that's why we've been doing this series talking about the difference understanding that, and uh, really, bottom line, not letting the enemy uh, have his way in your life. Amen. And we're going to talk some more about that today. So we're going to, uh, I'm going to give you a few uh, translations here. Uh, The New Living Translation says, the thief's purpose, I like how he says that, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. That's the New Living. The Passion Translation says a thief has only one thing in mind, and he wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I've come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until it overflows, praise God. And that second part of that verse uh, in in the Message Translation says so they can have real and eternal life, more, I love this, more and better life, than they ever dreamed of. And again, the amplified, you know, on that tail end of that verse again, that they may have life, and I like this, and enjoy life. Amen. That's what we're supposed to do. Not just have it, but enjoy life. Amen. Uh, and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows, says that again. Praise God. So anyway, praise God. A lot of good things there. But Jesus wants you to have that abundant life. Amen. The enemy, of course, is trying to take life. And this is where the difference is. And so um, over the last several weeks, we took some time even and, and brought us a, a reference out of Isaiah 5 and verse 20. And it just says, Woe to those who, uh, who call uh, evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who uh, put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And of course, we, we took a little time in a couple of those weeks and, and dissected that and kind of looked at that a little bit. And what does that mean? But the bottom line is, we don't want to be confused about these things. And we're in a society today that's very confused about the difference between good and evil and light and dark, bittersweet. I mean, these are things, uh, you know, the blessing, the curse, what does that all mean? These are things that we've touched on 
Today, we're going to take a little bit more time with a couple of these verses. I'm just going to give some definitions and then kind of spin it into what we have for you today. So back in the verse 10 again, says this, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Okay, so there's three things there it mentions. Now, these three words, um, I'm going to define it. The first word um, is, is the Greek word klepto, which makes sense, right? Klepto, which means uh, filch, rob, pilfer, to lift or swipe, to poach. Speaks of thievery, but here we go. It means to, to make away with, to make away with. And really, when you start looking at how the enemy operates, that's exactly what he's doing. He's always trying to make away with something, trying to get away with something of yours. He's trying to steal something, all right? He's a true kleptomaniac, you know what I mean? And uh, so that's what he is, praise God. It also says that he came to kill. Now, this word is thuol, okay, which means to slay or slaughter. Uh, means to slaughter or sacrifice for any purpose. Kind of like how that's worded, for any purpose. Because you have to understand that the enemy uh, doesn't like anybody. Okay, He's out to constantly take. He's willing to sacrifice anything and anybody to get, uh, you know, just to uh, bring harm, uh, bring evil, to steal, kill, or destroy. All right, so to slay or slaughter or sacrifice for any purpose means to eliminate, or here we go, to take away life from. So the, the word steal means to make away with. The word kill means to take away life from, all right? Then the word destroy, apoluo. I think somebody like apolumi, okay? I'm, I'm just uh, kind of messed that one up. But uh, the reason I'm bringing these out is because that word's going to be used again, and it's a different word, and I, I just want to make note of that, okay? So this one here means to destroy fully to damage or mar utterly, utterly, okay, to shatter or tear apart or to devastate, okay? So that's what that word destroy means. So there ain't nothing pretty about any of these words, okay? Whether we're talking about he's coming to make away with everything, to take away life, or to bring devastation in, the, in, in a life of another. Now, these are all what the enemy has come to do. That's what his purpose is, okay? And uh, no matter how you cut it, remember, he's the father of all lies. He's a deceiver, a manipulator, an accuser, okay? He uh, is constantly maneuvering and manipulating to take away from, to take life from. Are you hearing me? To devastate. That's what he does. But Jesus said, listen, I'm here for the opposite reason. I'm here, all right, to give life. And that word life is zoe, okay, the Greek word, which means absolute life or pure life, Okay which, uh, you know, means absent from darkness, absent from the curse, um, also absent from death. That's another word of what it means. So it's absolute life. You know, when you get all that darkness out of there, it's amazing how, how wonderful life can be. All right? And everybody might say, well, I want that kind of life. Well, who doesn't? Everybody wants that kind of life. Well, then you have to understand, okay, if you don't know the difference, Okay, then what happens is the enemy slithers in there, okay, to take away from, to take life from, or to devastate in one area or another. And if, see, if you, uh, if you, uh, you know, don't know the difference and the enemy slides in, he takes, and, and pretty soon you start thinking that's the way life is, when it isn't. So you got to understand you have an enemy, all right, he's a liar, okay, but uh, he's a good liar, okay, I'll just throw that out there, all right. But if you, if you get it settled, okay, and know the difference, 
all right, then it's less likely that he can take from you or steal from you. Now, part of what we're going to do today, we're going to kind of bring this, spin this into a direction here today, but I just want to say this statement before we get any further with this, and that is we need to have more uh, confidence or faith in God's ability to bring life than in the enemy's ability to take life. It's, it's one of those things you got to get, get settled because sometimes you might even be going along thinking, yeah, okay, I understand that's the enemy, but hey, man, that's just the way it is. That's how life is. And, you know, I prayed one time and nothing really worked like I thought it was gonna. And then what about this? And that happened one time. And then I went this way and then this happened. Pretty soon all these other things start getting in the way. And next thing you know, we're letting the enemy continue to steal, to kill, or destroy in our lives. And we just don't want that, all right? So I'm going to use another couple verses here. Okay, one of the verses out of Acts 10. Okay, Acts 10. Let's turn there. And we used this a couple times, at least touched on it and moved on. But I'm going to bring it out again because what I'm doing is defining some things here. Acts 10 in verse 38. And this, is, of course, is Peter talking uh, when he's at uh, Cornelius' household. All right. And it said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. All right with the Holy Spirit and with power, that's good, right? Who went about, here we go, doing good and healing all who were, here we go, oppressed by the devil for God was with him. So we're seeing the difference here again, okay? The enemy's the one that's oppressing and Jesus is the one doing good and healing, okay? So let's define some of this, okay? We're just gonna let this thing kind of unfold for us, okay? All right, so uh, verse uh, 38 again, but it says doing good. Who went about doing good? Now this word, uh, uh, you, er, idio. Okay, there we go. That's a big, long word, but a lot of syllables in that one. So I'm sure I botched it. But here we go. It means uh, to be uh, philanthropic. Okay, so beneficial, to do good in the widest sense. So he's always looking to do good. That's what it brings out. Okay, he's constantly, he sees lack, he sees need. He's always wanting to do good. Literally means to do good, amen, or doing good in the widest sense. I mean, that's all inclusive, okay? The word healing all here, aiome, uh, okay, which means to cure, remedy, to make whole, or to correct or restore the health of, okay? So it makes no mistake. I mean, you, you understand it. To healing all means just that, okay? He's come to restore health, all right? He's come to cure, to bring the remedy, praise God, so that that sickness, that disease, uh, that ailment, okay, are you hearing me, Is uh, can be removed, can be done away with, made whole, it means to correct or restore the health of. Now, just, just no different. I mean, I mean, no mistake here, okay? He's a good God. Amen. Coming to heal, even though there's an enemy trying to oppress. Okay. Now look at this word oppress here. Cadad u nestio. Okay. Now I don't, I, I guarantee you, I can't get all that, but the last part of it just makes sense to me. Nastio. He's just nastio. <laughs> all right. Anyway, it means to force oppression on. Okay. To force oppression on or to exercise dominion against, to exercise dominion against. That's what this word means. So if you don't know who you are and you're not exercising dominion over the enemy, then guess what? 
he's probably exercising dominion against you, all right? And he could be winning right now, all right? So a couple questions for you here. You know, if Jesus uh, came to give us abundant life, we have to ask ourselves, why are we letting the enemy come in and steal, kill, or destroy? If, you know, Jesus came along to do good and heal, then why are we letting the enemy oppress us? Or why are we letting him uh, have dominion over us? Okay. If Jesus paid a price for us to walk in this kind of life, then why are we letting the enemy do it? Just a question, all right? But you need to think about it. Now, 1 John 3, a verse that we've used again, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to define these words, and then we're going to get into what we have for you today. 1 John 3. Verse 8, okay, it says this, For uh, he who sins is of the devil, and the devil has sinned from the beginning. Verse, uh, again, in the middle of the verse here, For this purpose, because he's got a lot being said here, so but this is the key we want to look at. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, here we go, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So what does that mean? Well, the word destroy here. Is a little bit different word, okay? This word is luo, okay? Now, if you remember the last one, apolulume, uh, okay? This is how, I believe it's how it's pronounced, apolulume. Okay, well, this is uh, luau, okay? So it's a little bit different word, okay? The English uses the word destroy, but it means to unloose, to loose or unloose, uh, or to loosen or unloose. There we go. To break apart or break up, to dissolve to melt away or put off, to reduce to zero. That's what that word means. So Jesus' purpose, it says here, right, uh, was manifested. Why? Uh, that he might, here we go, destroy. That he might, uh, again, to reduce to zero the works of the enemy or of the devil, okay? To dissolve it, melt it away, to unloose. So whatever damage the enemy has done, he's here. To, uh, as that word says, to reduce to zero. In other words, eliminate it. Amen. So his purpose, amen, was to destroy the works of the devil. All right. Now, the enemy is nastio. Come on now. Jesus brings a luau. Amen. Whatever. But anyway, the point is, all right, he's here to drive off what the enemy has, has done. Now, the word works in this means deeds or doings, okay? So it's talking about anything that the enemy has done. Jesus came to eliminate it, which again is trying to bring out, okay, there is a complete difference between your God and your enemy, okay? And I think we've really worked on and established that over the last several weeks dealing with this in the series, all right? So again, another question to you. If Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy, and we have to ask ourselves, how long are we going to let the enemy's works continue to dictate to us or control us? These are the questions that I'm asking today. Okay, if we're finding out there's a difference, then why are we letting the enemy in? Why are we letting him continue to do what he does? We're going to have to put an end to it. Okay, I mean, you can't just stand back and say, yeah, the devil's stealing from me. Well, let's let's stop it. Okay, let's let's put an end to it. Amen. And that's kind of the, some of the stuff we're going to deal with today. All right. So with that said, we're going to the Gospels. We're going to spend the rest of our time in the Gospels today. And I'm going to go, I think, to John. Or now let's go to Mark. We'll go to Mark 5. Mark 5, please. 
And we're going to read um, several of the, really in a sense, several of the breakthroughs or miracles that Jesus did. And uh, take, some, uh, take some note today out of this uh, and, and really get it settled um, in our own lives. Because I'm really going to be, I'm kind of asking some questions here to you about, you know, why are we letting the enemy continue? Because sometimes it's just little things that we're allowing an inroad for the enemy. We're just maybe little things that we're giving him a place or little things that maybe we've uh, created a doorway in a sense where the enemy comes in and ransacks our lives. And so that's kind of the angle I'm coming at it today, okay? So in Mark 5, we're going to go um, verse 1, please. It says, Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. And I guarantee you that's probably pretty normal for, for what was happening here, okay? Uh, that individual's up in the tombs, okay? And every time somebody pull up a boat or whatever, they're close, here he comes, you know? And it goes on to say, you know, it said he had an unclean spirit, which I personally, anything that's of the devil's going to be unclean, right? And it said, who had his uh, dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains. So obviously somebody had tried, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broke in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. Which kind of always amazes me when you stop and you think about that. You're, you know, you got somebody with a devil problem here, okay, and I just hang on to this, and we're just trying to tame it. Okay, we're not here to tame the enemy. Okay, believe me, he's not going to be tamed. Okay, so we're not here to tame it or to cope with, okay, or settle with. We're here to deal with it. Okay, get it gone. Okay, now hang on. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying out and cutting himself with stones. Now when uh, he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him, which was amazing, right? And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? Isn't it amazing how uh, the enemy knows exactly who Jesus is when most people around him didn't even have a clue who he was? But anyway, that says something, doesn't it? I implore you, uh, you by God, that you do not torment me. And he said, uh, and talking about Jesus, and Jesus said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Now, I just want to make a note here. Jesus didn't always talk to the devils in the sense of, you know, carrying on conversations with him. Okay, usually when he spoke, he just said, get out or be gone or be done, okay? But here, I think he's trying to make a point to everybody around, okay, and because of what's happening here in this story. But the bottom line is, okay, he's letting it be known. It doesn't matter if we're dealing with one devil or thousands of them. It doesn't matter. They're all subject to the name of Jesus, amen? And, of course, we see Jesus walks in enough authority. It doesn't matter how many devils there are. Are you, are you hearing me? So anyway, so he begged him earnestly, verse 10, that he would not send them out of the country. Now the lar a large herd of swine was feeding there uh, near the mountains, okay? A large herd of swine. I wonder why they're there. Now hang on. So all the demons begged him, saying, send us to the swine that, that we may enter them. 
And at once Jesus gave them permission. Amen. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. And it said here that there were about 2,000 of them. That's quite a herd. Okay, that's, that's quite a herd of swine. Okay, so, um, you know, why, why are they there? All right, now anyway, so uh, about, about 2,000 of them. And they said, and then the herd ran violently down uh, the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So then those who fed the swine fled. So obviously, he, that gentleman wasn't alone right there. There's some people out there. Just like you would have shepherds in the field with the sheep, you got some people here, uh, you know, taking care of the swine, okay? So obviously, this is a herd of swine, uh, some livelihood for somebody, um, which uh, um, anyway, there's a lot to be said about that. But uh, this is not something that the Jewish uh, culture, uh, they don't eat swine, okay? But anyway, uh, it's just something to think about here. So... Uh, anyway, so they fled and they went and told it in the city and in the country there, in that area, that region there. And they went out to see what, uh, what it was that had happened. So all the people now, so they go in, the, all their herd now is dead. So now they all, you know, they, they go into town, tell everybody what had happened. Now they want to come out and see what's going on, see it for themselves. And it goes here, they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had, a, and had the legion, okay, the devil, devils, right, sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. What, what were they afraid of? Well, anyway, it says they were afraid, and those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about, here we go, and about the swine, okay? Now listen, and they began to plead with him to depart from their region. Okay, they got upset about it, okay? Uh, said that they were operating out of some fear, and you wonder what were they fearful of? Well, if you stop and you kind of look at it, now a lot, uh, you know, a lot of times we read through this, and the, the main reason we read it is because the, the demon-possessed fella got delivered. Uh, of course, he goes on to be, literally gets sent into town by Jesus to go tell everybody what great things God has done. And most of the time, that's what we hang out with. But in this text today, okay, there's a reason that that guy stayed devil-possessed for so long. There's a reason he was up in, the, in that area, in those tombs, running off people left and right while they couldn't tame him, while they tried to tame him. Oh, come on now. Instead of getting the boy delivered, they just tried to tame him. Now, we sometimes speed read through all this, but bottom line is he wasn't alone up there in them, in them hills. Okay, there were people out there taking care of this, this massive herd of swine, which probably was the livelihood of a bunch of folks. Come on, somebody, making a profit on something. Uh, probably they shouldn't, and that's why they want to run him out, because now you've messed up our, our, uh, our profit, our gain. You've messed up our agenda here. You've messed up what we were trying to do. Now, you can read through all this, whatever. You can kind of go to the other Gospels and read about this. But the bottom line is, okay, why was there that big of a herd there and people actually up there? This wasn't wild boar out there. Somebody's hunting. This is a herd of about 2,000, says 2,000 uh, head of hog out there, okay, or swine. Okay, they're out there taking care of it, okay. And obviously the people in town of that region were making profit off this thing, and that's why they got upset with him, all right. So what were they afraid of? Well, maybe the fear of uh, being found out. Maybe the fear of uh, losing their profit, losing their gain. 
losing their livelihood, however you want to say it. Maybe they were, you know, they had personal gain with this. And so now all of a sudden, you know, they, they're, they're, uh, you know, their personal gain got messed up. So now I'm going to ask the question here to you uh, listening and watching, okay? And that is this, okay, if, um, you know, Jesus came to deliver. Now this guy got delivered by Jesus, okay? And obviously these people got, you know, they think they would have been rejoicing over this and they didn't, okay? So this guy remained this way for, you know, probably years, okay? And you, you have to ask yourself, why did that hang on so long? Why, you know, if Jesus, and this is what I'm asking you today, okay? If Jesus came to give you abundant life, he came to do good and heal, you know, if he came to destroy the works of the enemy, then why are we letting the enemy continue to ransack our lives? So the first question I'm going to ask is this, then. Is it because of personal gain? Is it because of a personal agenda? You say, well, Pastor, what are you talking about? Listen, I know many of people over the years that, you, that we prayed for to be healed and delivered, and they didn't want to give it up because they were getting some assistance or some check from the government or some, uh, you know, some, they had personal gain that came as a result of their, their injury or their uh, sickness or their problem, their whatever it is. And here Jesus is here to deliver, but they don't want to let go of it. So as a result of it, they don't get delivered. I hope you're hearing this today because it's, it holds you back. See, that's like what I asked earlier. And I know I'm meddling a little bit here, but I want you to hear this because you got to have more faith and more confidence in God's ability to bring you an abundant life than you do in the enemy's ability to take life or whatever. You know, you got to put more confidence in, in a good God. And you may say, well, you know, if I, if I get better, then I'm going to miss out on this or lose it. And listen, you, you, the abundant life is far greater and far better than anything this world has to offer. So I'm encouraging it so that if, if by chance, see, I know this isn't for everybody, but it's for somebody. And if you're holding back uh, that abundant life to manifest in your life because of personal gain or a personal agenda, okay, you need to re-ask, you need to ask the question, why am I letting the enemy continue to ransack my life? All right, you got to ask that. Let's look at another one. We're in chapter five. Let's go a little bit further down here. Verse 24. I hope you're hearing me today. Verse 24 here says, so Jesus went with him. Now, this is uh, Jairus. We're kind of budding in the middle of a store here a little bit. Um, but he's, he's walking behind Jairus, heading for his house. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him and thronged him. In other words, they're all, you know, he's, because he's, he's kind of a famous individual here. So he's walking through the streets. Everybody wants to touch him. Everybody wants to brush up against him, you know, wants to, you know, get their selfie with him, you know what I mean, you know, kind of, you know, everybody wants to connect, get his autograph, you know. Anyway, anyway, the point is that's it's no different back then than it is today, okay? Somebody famous coming through town, somebody who's done some great things, and all of a sudden you can say, hey, yeah, I shook the man's hand, or I, uh, you know, uh, you know, I got to, 
uh, you know, give the guy a hug or whatever. You know, I got to stand next to him or touch him or whatever. It just gets crazy, but, but that's kind of what was going on. So it says here in verse 25, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, which wasn't good. I mean, okay, it was a physical problem with, uh, you know, a, a female problem here and had suffered many things from many physicians. A lot of people trying to help here, whatever, okay? And the word says she had suffered many things from many physicians, okay? Who knows what they were trying to do here, okay? And she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. So right now it looks like a real hopeless situation, okay? And obviously she's tried, okay, and nothing changed. So she's been, who knows now it says, doesn't really say, uh, I mean, other than what we know for 12 years, she's had this physical problem. So was it the whole 12 years that she's gone back and forth to physicians? You know, could be, probably, okay? So we're talking even, you know, at least, you know, 10 dozen years, whatever, uh, that she's been going to physicians trying to get an answer for this. Okay, I'm just trying to lay that out for you. Now, hang on. So when she heard about Jesus, which the cool thing about it, uh, she, she hadn't given up. Okay, she hasn't given up. She still wants well. So she heard about Jesus, and she came in behind him in the crowd, and you notice it says, in the crowd, and touched his garment. Okay, now I firmly believe, okay, I don't believe that, you know, she just got up close to him just and touched, and, and most, you know, uh, of the gospel says the hem of his garment. So, you know, you know, down low on the bottom of the garment, I don't believe she got up close to him, kneeled down, grabbed the hem of his garment. I don't believe that for a second. Okay, I, she, she, uh, she had to weasel away through the crowds. People were everywhere. They were thronging her. Everybody's trying to touch him. She just weaseled away between the legs and reached to just try to grab, okay? And she got a hold of the hem of the garment, okay? And it says this, okay, for uh, she had said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. That's what she declared, all right? Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body, she knew it, that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Uh, all right. But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude throng on you and you say, who touched me? I mean, come on, man. Everybody is touching you. See, I mean, everybody's trying to, uh, you know, touch you and get close to you and everything, and you, you want to know one person, you know, come on now. And uh, anyway, he looked around uh, to see her who had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth, which is cool, right? And he said to her, I love this, daughter, your faith, right? Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction, all right? So, the reason I mention this now, we're talking about if Jesus came to do to heal and deliver. So my question to you, okay, like this woman, okay, she for a dozen years, okay, dealing with this problem, okay, it never went away. In fact, it only grew worse. She spent everything she had. Come on now, gave everything she had. So it, 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 it's a very hopeless situation. Okay, now she's out of money. Okay, and she's in a condition, and really to be honest, okay, she's in a condition she's really not even allowed in public because of her condition, uh, because they would say she's unclean. Okay, in fact, 
She could have probably even been stoned for what she did there in the crowd, okay, trying to work her way through the crowd. But anyway, that's probably another sermon there. But the bottom line is, is what is it about your past or what is it about maybe a hopeless situation that you seem to be facing, okay? What is it about that that you're not willing to let go of to receive healing, a breakthrough, a miracle, whatever it is? And you say, well, pastor, that's unfair. No, it isn't unfair because sometimes we're, even though Jesus paid a price for us to walk in abundant life, we're not reaching for it like we should because of maybe something in our past. Maybe we say, well, I tried one time or I tried 10 times and nothing seemed to get better. Well, maybe you just need to keep, keep pressing in. Maybe it's something else, okay? Maybe you need to Make an adjustment or a change, whatever it is. Or you might say, well, listen, it's just hopeless. There's no hope for me in what I'm dealing with, what I'm going through. I've put up with this for years. Well, maybe you have, but it's about time, amen, to get the devil off your back. Come on, somebody, and get pressing in there for what's yours as a covenant child of God. Amen. So don't let your past and don't let some hopeless circumstance be the thing to hold you back from receiving what's rightfully yours. Are you hearing me today? All right. So anyway, let's, we're in the book of Mark. Let's go to chapter 9. Boy, I hope you're hearing it. All right. Chapter 9. This time, verse 14. Chapter 9, verse 14. It says, And when he came uh, to the disciples, this is Jesus, of course, when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude of, around them and scribes disputing with them. So we got even some, you know, quite a few people. Everybody's got their opinions of what's going on here and all this. Everybody's back and forth with what's going on. We got scribes, we got religious leaders here, okay, and the disciples. And immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the, one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, okay, so there's the gentleman here, teacher, I brought you uh, my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. In other words, this boy really has epilepsy, okay, having seizures, okay? All right. And it said that he answered uh, him and said, Oh, uh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground, wallowing, foaming at the mouth. So in other words, he goes into another seizure right in front of him, okay? And chances are, that's probably what happened earlier uh, when he brought him to the disciples, okay? And so now everybody's trying to have their opinions, their debates about what, what's going on? Why this? How come that? You got everything. You probably got people trying to figure out why he didn't get healed. Or people saying, well, maybe God's doing it on purpose or, or God's behind this. Or, I mean, you got all kinds of uh, religious, uh, you know, uh, religious opinions. You've got all kinds of belief systems that are kind of meshing here, coming together and bouncing all over the place. And this is why they're all sitting here debating and and, uh, you know, arguing with each other. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up, okay, and then doing what he does, right? He's here to save the hour, so to speak, amen, because he ain't here to debate anything. He ain't here to argue anything. Are you hearing me? He's here to do what he's called to do, bring wholeness, bring healing, bring deliverance, bring abundant life, 
Amen. Do good, right? That's what he's here to do. And in order to do that, you got to drive out the devil. You got to drive out darkness. You got to drive out the enemy. You got to drive out evil. Come on now. You got to drive out, uh, you know, uh, uh, darkness in every area. You got to drive it out. If you want light to shine, you got to drive out the dark. All right. That's kind of how this thing works, you know. So you, you bring in the light, darkness flees, praise God, and that's what he's doing. He's bringing in the light, so to speak. All right, so anyway, so anyway, they brought him to him, and here's what the father said, verse 21, or pardon me, he asked the father, I mean, how long uh, has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood, and often he's thrown him down, uh, thrown him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. In other words, here's that story again. But he said, if, here we go, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and heal us. But Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And of course, the father then gets it, right? What's he talking about? Well, he's listening. I don't, we don't need all the opinions. We don't need all the wrong beliefs. Because right now you're believing wrong, Dad. You, you're, you're believing something you shouldn't be believing here. You're, you're, you're hooking up. You're coming at it from the wrong angle here. So I'm asking the question to you. Are you allowing opinions? And it could be religious opinions. Okay, it could be just wrong beliefs. Okay, hold you back from what Jesus is trying to do in your life. All right, because we can sometimes we just through wrong understanding, wrong opinions, wrong beliefs, we're letting the enemy continue to ransack our lives. So I'm asking you, is those kind of things, okay, what holding you back from receiving your breakthrough, your miracle, the abundant life that Jesus has called you to? Okay, I need to ask that. And of course, what happens? He goes on and uh, casts that spirit out. The boy gets delivered, right? All it took was dad to get a change of opinion, a change, you know, change his belief system. You know, if you can believe all things are possible, you know, well, he's thinking, well, if you can do anything, no, 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 no. If you can believe it's possible, come on now. If you can change, amen, how you're looking at this, amen, it'll, it'll change this thing. I can't even tell you how many times over the years. Just that in itself, just making a little tweak in our thinking, a little adjustment in how we, you know, our belief system just make a little adjustment, all of a sudden everything flows like it's supposed to, and you get your miracle. So I'm asking you, is, is there opinions in the way? Is there wrong beliefs? Is it religiosity? Is that stuff in the way? Listen, I, I got a lot of folks that I, I know over the years that, that love the Lord, but religiosity holds their family in, in bondage, okay, because they can't get a breakthrough because they're still thinking that. This mess all came from God, okay, when it didn't, all right? It's wrong thinking. You got to understand you have an enemy that comes to steal, kill, destroy. He's here to take. He's here to kill. He's here to uh, annihilate and devastate, all right? But Jesus came to heal, to deliver, to do good, praise God. Hallelujah. So if your thinking's off, let's get it right. Amen. So you can get your breakthrough. Amen. Let's look now. Let's go to the book of Luke, chapter 5. Luke and 5, please. Luke 5, and I'm going to go to around verse 17. 
Hallelujah. Verse 17 says, Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by. Wouldn't you know it? All right. Who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. So I would say there's quite a few Pharisees and teachers here. Okay. They're all here to debate. In fact, in Mark's account, it makes it pretty clear that it's Jesus' house. Okay, so wherever he stays, this is where he's at right now, and they've all come to see him. So they all came knocking on his door, and now we've got a, a crowd, a huge crowd of them, all right, all trying to probably trying to debate with him about things. All right, but it goes on here, okay, and it said literally in this verse 17 at the end here, it says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. But obviously nobody took advantage of it. Okay, they're just here to debate something. Okay, now you hang on to that, okay? All right, and then behold, okay, behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. In other words, they got him on this bed. There's, you know, several men holding him, carrying him in, okay? And they're going to bring him, put it for Jesus to get, get their, their friend delivered here, okay? <clears throat> It says, but when they could not find how they might bring him in uh, because of the crowd, okay? So there's all kinds of people sitting around in here with, uh, you, know, uh, you know, doing what they do, okay? But they're just, you know, the word says there's power there to heal, but nobody's cashing in on it, okay? They're just there, whatever they're, you know, talking, uh, arguing, whatever they're doing. Come on now. And now somebody wants that, you know, that power, Amen. And they're, they're, they can't get in, all right? So what did they do? They went up on the housetop and let him down through uh, with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. In other words, they took the roof apart, literally got up on the upper part of the house, took the roof apart to lower their friend down in front of Jesus. That's, that's pretty amazing. Can you imagine Jesus? I, I always just you know, think about these things, but Jesus is sitting there. Okay, and, and whatever's being said, however he's doing, there's people all the way around, obviously, no, no way to get to him. So everybody's around him and whatever they're doing and saying, and all of a sudden, you know, there's things falling, you know, uh, you know bits of dirt or whatever, he's looking up, and here's men taking his roof apart to drop this man through the roof. Okay, I mean, to me, it's pretty phenomenal. And obviously, they, get, they actually get commended for it by Jesus, okay? And uh, so anyway, it's just, I don't know, just kind of a cool thing. And the word said here in verse 20, when they saw their faith, when he saw their faith, he said to, uh, to them or to him, man, your sins are forgiven. And then the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? So in other words, they're, they're just there. Remember, the power of God's there to heal. Somebody gets healed and all they can think about is some, you know, they're, you know, their, their own opinions and, and doctrines and that kind of thing. And it says here, um, uh, Jesus perceived their thoughts and answered and said to them, why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise and walk? Come on. But that uh, you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. I love this. Amen. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house, and immediately he rose up before them, took up 
what he had uh, been lying on and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And it said, and they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with, with fear or reverence, that word actually refers to, saying, we have seen strange things today, awesome things today, praise God. Now, what's the question I'm asking you today? Okay, maybe it's, maybe it's reputation or ego. You say, well, why, why, do you, you know, why do you say that? Well, I'm thinking about these guys, okay, are all in the house, taken up, obviously filled the house, okay? And, you know, you, know, you would think, that with a miracle like that, I mean, we're talking blatant, right there in front of them, in their face, okay? And all they can think about is arguing their point of view. Most time you start thinking about that, it's all about, all worried about their own reputations, their own egos. In fact, you know, this says that you got, you got Pharisees and teachers from, from all these uh, close communities around there, okay, from where it say, from Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, okay? It could very well be that some of those people knew the individual. Okay, they got healed or delivered. Okay, but all they can think about is arguing their point of view. I mean, you'd think they'd all just stop and, be, and rejoice and think, my goodness, you know, Joe just got healed. Praise the Lord, you know. But that ain't what they thought. All they can do is think about how dare he say what he said and how he said it. And to me, Again, it's about opinions, it's about religiosity, but it comes down to this when you start thinking about some of these individuals. It's about sometimes about reputation, it's about egos. You know, God, God may be saying to you, He wants to do this for you or do that, but you're too full of your own reputation that you, you can't, you know, get out of your comfort zone, so to speak, or maybe your ego's too big. Come on now, that you ain't willing to raise your hands before God and start worshiping Him. I mean, I mean, I remember one of the Greatest breakthroughs I had uh, it was was uh, happened to me early on in ministry, and I was having so many uh, people problems, conflicts had happened, and it was just a mess, and everything that was going on. And the Spirit of God gave me the revelation of of of, of leaping for joy and rejoicing in that hour, in that time. Amen. And and when and when every time the pressure was on, I would begin to leap for joy, praise God. Amen. Jump up and down and praise God. And you know, some people, I'd say that, they say, I'd never do that. No way. That's so weird. I, you know, there's no way I'm ever going to, you know, I'm, I, I don't think I have to do that. You know, that's, come on now. You're too worried about your own little reputation or your own little ego or whatever it is, man. I mean, you got to be willing to let some of that stuff go. And I'm just, t- the reason I think this is worthy of bringing up is you could be missing out on a, a huge breakthrough a huge miracle for what? Missing out on it because, because you're afraid somebody might you know, see you do something that might seem a little different or something? Come on now. I mean, don't, don't let these kind of things get in the way, all right? You know, what, Jesus came to heal, to deliver, to do good. Amen. Let's let him do it, praise God. The enemy's stealing, killing, destroying. Let's stop it. Let's put an end to it. So it means you got to, you know, start praising God, amen, and, and, and start leaping and jumping uh, and shouting unto God, so be it. Wouldn't it be worth it to get your breakthrough? I think it would be. And that's not just the only thing. There's all kinds of things. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's about, you know, sharing your faith with somebody, being a witness unto others. Sometimes your breakthrough's held back because you're too, you know, closed in. You ain't willing to be open about anything. You ain't willing to give God some praise for what he has done. Uh, let alone for what you're wanting to have happen. 
I'm just saying that just, just things like this can get in the way and mess it up the whole time the Lord's trying to do something in your life. Let's let him do it. Amen? Let's go to the Gospel of John now. John chapter 5. I hope you're hearing all this. I just thought I'd, you know, kind of take some time, go through several of these stories that we know, and, uh, and then just see it in the light of, you know, things that maybe hold us back from receiving our breakthroughs or miracles, all right? Chapter 5 of John, verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool which is called, in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed, awaiting for the moving of the water. Okay, now obviously there's a lot of people around this this. Uh, uh, this uh, pool here, for an angel would, would come down in a certain time into the pool and stir the water, and then whoever stepped in first uh, after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease they had. Now, how, how that, I, I don't know. All I know, that's all they tell us about it. But, okay, a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. 38 years, okay. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, and he said to him, do you want to be made well? Simple question. To me, it's a yes or no. Okay, But the sick man answered and said, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Well, Jesus wasn't giving heed to any of that. He just said, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And of course, immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. And by the way, Jesus, that was the only man he went in and ministered to, even though everybody around that pool was, was, had some problem. So I don't know totally. My guess is somebody had been praying for that young man. Some mama was praying for her son or some grandma, whatever, maybe praying for, for their loved one, uh, whatever. And so he went in to minister to that individual. But the thing that I want to bring out, okay, with this, now obviously this ended good, just like the other ones we're reading. But... Sometimes what gets in the way is our excuses. Jesus just wanted a, a yes or no. Do you want to be made well or not? Well, you know, it would be great if somebody would, no, 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 no. no. Do you want to be made well or not? See, sometimes, you know, it's that simple. Sometimes it's so simple, we got to, you know, have help to complicate it. You know, I mean, I just, it's like it's so simple, okay? Do you want to be made well? Yes, then receive it. Okay, stop with all the excuses. Excuses are nothing but the nails used to build the house of failure. I'm telling you, most people that, 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 that sit around with their excuses, they never move forward in anything because they've always got a reason to justify, some excuse to justify, come on now, some reason why they can't always comes up. When all along, it's like, put all that aside, put, let go of that mess. Amen. Today's a new day for you, praise God. Let go of those kind of things. You want to be made well, then praise God, receive it. Don't sit there with all the reasons why it can happen, all right? Because that ain't getting you anywhere, all right? Now, listen, I'm not picking on everybody. That's not my point here today. I want you well. I want you whole. I could care less of all the reasons behind everything. I just want you well, and Jesus wants you well, okay? I mean, that's really who ma what matters, right? I mean, he's the one that wants you whole, right? He wants you walking an abundant life. So there are things that get in the way of that. It could be excuses. We got to deal with them. I've got one more thing. We're going to book of Matthew and read the last one for today. 
because I think this is worthy of bringing out. So Matthew in chapter uh, 15, please. And I'm going to go to verse 21. I hope you're hearing this today. Jesus went out, uh, verse 21 of Matthew 15. Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Okay, now obviously she's a Gentile woman, okay, that came to Jesus uh, for her, on behalf of her daughter, okay. But he answered her, verse 23, he answered her, not a word, and his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. Okay, so first, now just let's get the picture. She came to him, okay, he's not even really responding to her at first. So, I mean, you, you know, that would almost seem kind of almost, you know, in, at least in our culture, okay, that would seem maybe even a tad bit rude, okay? Now, Jesus wasn't rude. Jesus wasn't mean, okay? I mean, he knew who he was, and he knew who she was, okay? And, you know, she, you know, trying to get his attention, and he's not moving, but pretty soon the disciples are getting tired of it, okay? They get annoyed by it. Now, they're, they're saying, hey, you need to do something about this, you know? Um, so anyway, verse 24, and he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Okay? In other words, that's a covenant thing. Okay? I'm here to deal with God's people right now. Okay? The Jews and all that, that's all going to come later. But he said, right now, I'm here on task doing what I'm called to do. So he didn't say anything wrong. But to you and me, that would almost seem, you know, almost seem a, a little bit rude. Because, I mean, you know, I came here to get something, to, you know, for my daughter to get, get healed and, and you first ignoring me, and now you're telling me, you know, you're not even going to give me the time of day. I mean, my goodness, man, I, well, I heard great things about you, and, and uh, you know, you, you know why, why are you treating me this way, or whatever. Man, she could have got mad and stomped off, saying, man, ain't nobody going to talk to me that way, you know, whatever. You know, she could have been upset, but she kept at it. I mean, that's really the cool thing about the story, and she kept after it, right? And she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, now to her, he's talking, right? It is not good to take the children's bread. Now, this is all covenant talk here. Take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered and said to her, oh, woman, man, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed. Uh, from that very hour, praise God. She got what she came for. Now, the point I'm trying to make, okay, first, you know, uh, you know, she could have had hurt feelings. Now, you hear me. We're going we're gonna to end it up on this, but, you know, you might think I'm meddling a little bit, but you need to hear it. Sometimes we're missing out on our breakthroughs because we're too busy having hurt feelings about something. Okay, later on, he says he basically calls her a little dog. Well, he, he did call her a little dog, okay? So, you know, not basically, he did, okay? He called her a dog. Now, of course, uh, in our culture, for the most part, we, we don't get totally all what's being said there because it is some covenant talk, okay? Uh, and that's some of the references, what's dealing with. But the bottom line is he called her a dog, okay? And she could have been right then offended at my, how dare you talk to me that way, right? Now, I'm just telling you, 
I mean, I, I, I've never, I don't remember really calling anybody a dog or something like that. Or, you know, I'm, I probably maybe somewhere along the line, maybe, you know, might've been a little bit, uh, you know, ornery or something, saying something about somebody. But, you know, for the most part, talking to somebody's face, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and call them some dog or tell them, you know, I ain't doing nothing for you, blah, 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 whatever. Um, but I'll tell you what, I, 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 you know, I've never said stuff like that, really, but I have said things that people just seem to get offended at all the time. And I'm thinking I didn't say really anything rude, uh, but yet they get offended all the time. And I'm just saying, OK, everybody wears their feelings on their sleeve anymore. Everybody gets offended about everything. OK, well, you need to knock it off. Now, you might be offended at that statement, but that's at least now you got something to be offended at. Anyway, you, you listen, OK, knock it off. If you're offended got little hurt feelings, you better get past it because it could be the very thing holding you back from your breakthrough or your miracle or your healing or walking in abundant life. And I, we, I'm not going to do a full sermon on that by any means, but I'm just telling you, okay, the word for, for offense is scandal. We get a word scandal, but the bottom line, it means a trap set. See, being offended or hurt feelings is a trap that has been set by the enemy. And if you don't watch it, you put your foot in the trap and you're hooked, right? You're offended now. The whole time, you could have got a breakthrough, but you're too busy being offended or being, uh, you know, have your little feelings hurt. Now you say, well, Pastor, you're, you're really picking on, on me right now. Well, you know, I mean, I get it. Maybe I'm meddling a little bit, but I'm just trying to bring out, okay, these could be things, see, opinions, religiosity, wrong beliefs. Come on now. Uh, what were some of the other things? You know, personal agendas, your past, hopelessness, uh, excuses, uh, offenses, hurt feelings. These are all just different things that sometimes get in the way of us receiving from Jesus. So I'm just trying to encourage you. And this is, I'm going to ask the question I did earlier. If Jesus came to do all this, then why are you letting the enemy steal from you? Why are you letting him come in and ransack your life? Steal, kill, and destroy. Let him come in and oppress you. It's time to be done with that. Let's settle it right now. Let's receive from the Lord. And if any of these things, and maybe there's other things, I'm sure there is, but if, if, even if I never mentioned your thing, okay, it's time to let go of some things so we can be a receiver of what God has done for us. And I hope you're getting it today. Hallelujah. Father, I give praise and glory today for this people that they had an ear to hear and a heart to receive. Thank you for opening the eyes of our understanding. Hallelujah. Bringing some things, making some things clear, bringing some things to our attention. Praise God. So Father, forgive us. We've been guilty of any of these things. Forgive us, Lord. We don't want to hold offense. We don't want to, uh, you know, allow excuses and our false and bad opinions and thoughts hold us back from what you have for us. Forgive us for all that mess. Now, Father, we choose to be a receiver of all the good that you have done and are doing for us. Father, we give you praise and we give you glory for it. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO Victory. 
or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.